Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Good morning. It is Friday, October 21st, and trending this hour, the cruise giant Royal Caribbean. They're selling fall cruises for under $100. You could go to the Bahamas for just $99. They also have a two-night package for $79. Also trending, Balenciaga. They have officially cut ties with Kanye West. The fashion labor fashion label will no longer have any relationship or plans for the future to have any work or projects related to Kanye West. Also trending, Kyrie Irving. He took time out of a pregame speech this week to demand that Joe Biden get Brittany Griner home, saying straight up, quote, do your job. It is six minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and let's talk about Twitter. Some people are possibly going to lose their jobs. A lot of them. Over at the social media platform. Yeah, the workforce is likely going to be hit with massive cuts in the next coming months. And this is because of Elon Musk buying Twitter. He has said that he plans to get rid of nearly 75% of their 7,500 workers, whittling down to a skeleton staff of just 2,000. Elon Musk is in it to make money. And he is now, and this is why he fought so hard to not be the owner of Twitter. Mm -hmm. He was a guy, you know, you see this all the time where people run their mouths about something because they don't think they're ever going to have to back it up. And Twitter called his bluff and said, we recognize what a financial train wreck this thing is. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter the reach it has. We know the finances of it. You're going to give us X amount of dollars and it's only worth Y amount of dollars. Sold, settled, 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 settled. Right. And so now he isn't going to be in a big, big bind in terms of the, the amount of financial, the amount he has leveraged himself and other people who stand behind him, and he's financially going to have to figure out a way to make Twitter work. And I can assure you, well, I can't assure you, but I can guess that he is going to try to turn this thing into a profiteer center as soon as he can so he can get rid of it because he he knows this this is a big box he's put himself in. Okay, so Twitter's current management had planned to pare down the company's payroll by about $800 million by the end of next year. So they already wanted to do this. And now with this sale with Elon... They can just say, well, Elon Musk is the bad guy. It was all because of the sale. Our hands were tied. We had nothing to do with this, even though they wanted to do it all along. It happens almost any time one large company acquires another large company. I mean, we saw it to some extent here. Now, there were not mass layoffs when MS sold, you know, it's radio brands to Urban One. Urban One did a very good job of trying to keep as many people employed as possible. But just from a sheer duplication of jobs, mm-hmm. 
if there's already somebody who does the job, you don't need someone else to do the job. And so ultimately, it's a war of attrition. And, and it happens in this business all the time. And like I said, Urban One did a very nice job of keeping the vast majority of people still employed. But if you are financially leveraged from day one when you walk in, you are going to start finding ways to cut every corner possible mm-hmm. because you need to find savings because you recognize what you are buying does not produce what you need it to produce in order to make the payments that you are now going to have to make. Yeah. So Twitter is saying, oh, this is a hostile takeover. It really is the golden ticket for the company because by downsizing his staff, this is how Elon is going to make budget and it's how he's going to make his money back. It might hurt the product at the end of the day because services are going to go down and the people that they have remaining there may not have the institutional knowledge to get those services back up but it's just what it's going to be done for the company to be profitable well and this is i think what you're going to see with twitter is you're going to see because people are buying advertising twitter exists primarily off of advertising and they will continue to mm-hmm. even with elon musk taking over you're going to see him try to attract as many people as possible either back to the platform or to the platform to begin with so he will obviously i think lift certain restrictions that have been in place uh, based on what posts are allowed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not going to be allowed to condone violent or you know threaten violence against people or whatever. That'll still be out. But I think the freedom of political speech is going to be broadened, which means there's going to be need to be less uh, tattletale police out there. And I think Twitter has produced... I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, Casey, Twitter has spent an exorbitant amount of money on research and development that has not produced a lot of tangible benefit for the platform itself. Look, Twitter is kind of what it is, right? You put your thought out there, people see your thought, mm-hmm. people respond to your thought. It's what it is. It's not ever going to be a whole lot more than that. So th- that they did they did try to make that uh, well, they have made it where you can edit your tweet. Yeah. And that is for, I believe it's called Twitter Blue. Yes. You it's pay- a premium service, which is three dollars a month. Yeah. And it's just easy. If if you don't like something you tweeted, you can just delete it unless you're an elected official, basically, I think is how that well, I, I don't know. Maybe an elected officials can delete tweets. Yeah, I think they can. If they just, they're premium they, members, they, they can. They just can't block you from seeing your tweet if they're they're your representative or whatever. Anyway, the point is, he's going to have to cut corners. He's going to cut corners. Elon Musk is a businessman. The government is not going to subsidize his way out of this one like with Tesla. Mm-hmm. And so, get ready. Well, and for the staff that is going to be downsized... It's a built-in excuse for them for their resume. Right. They they sure. had nothing to do with it. It wasn't poor performance. It was the company got sold. Sure. So everybody's going to be okay. Okay, so can we talk about yeah all what's the going time, on in Westfield? Rob, you're so negative about everything government, and you need to be more more positive. Okay, get ready. This segment's for you. Okay, so a Westfield city councilman has proposed an ordinance that would establish term limits for elected officials. Yes, I love this. So this guy's name is Troy Patton and he is he has put forward a proposal mm-hmm. that would say starting in 2024 you can only serve two terms as the mayor or on the city council mm-hmm. and then you're out you got to take a term off three terms for the clerk treasurer. And I love this 
that a politician is proposing, and it looks like he's at least tentatively got some support for this, is proposing getting rid on a local level of people who just want to sit in there until they're old and completely out of ideas because really in politics you're kind of out of ideas after about four to six years anyway. He said, I believe in term limits, first of all, whether it be at the federal level, state level, or local level, because I think government should be representative of the people as opposed to the other way around. Now, what's interesting with this, let's assume this passes, because Evansville tried to do this a couple of years ago and it failed five to four. But assuming it passes, this is going to be some interesting territory legally because there is nothing in the state law that says municipalities cannot enact term limits. There's nothing that says they can. And this always used to be my favorite phrase because I was love to be creative in terms of ideas of saving taxpayers money and doing things that would help the taxpayer. And I always used to love to hear from the uh, town attorney, the statute is silent on that. And silent usually means go, but we all know how politicians are about term limits. And we all know how these, how many of these guys down at 200 West Washington love to be lifers and sit in there forever and ever and ever and draw those big salaries. So, they may step in and have something to say about this because they would not want this to be a trend that starts rolling quick. <laughs> we, we don't want anybody to get any bright ideas about this. Yeah, so the, I, I love this. I think uh, this guy, Troy Patton, should... It's been proposed before, hasn't it? Well, it, it, like I said, in Evansville, they tried to do it a couple of years ago, yeah. and it failed five to four. But I think, um, I think this is a great idea. I think every uh, city should adopt this. I think our state lawmakers should adopt this. I think the governor should be behind this. Now, none of that's going to happen, and this will probably not even be passed in Westfield. But kudos to Councilman Troy Patton for proposing term limits mm -hmm. in the city of Westfield. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And when we come back, we're going to have a tour of what the migrants heading to New York City, what their living conditions are oh, like. Oh, it's terrible! Is it? It's oh, horrible? No, it's not no, terrible it's, at all. it's really In fact, it not. May, may be better than most, many of our listeners are yeah. living. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. So you won't believe what you'd see during a tour of the Randalls Island Humanitarian Emergency Response and Relief Center in New York City. The construction of the relief center began after New York City's Mayor Eric Adams declared a state of emergency due to the continued arrivals of migrants. And then he announced their relocation to this Randall's Island from Orchard Beach. By the way, it cost $325,000 to move the shelters and then another $325,000 to set them up again. Now, this is what Eric Adams claimed and many of these other liberals who have run New York for years and years and years claimed they wanted. They called themselves a sanctuary city. Mm -hmm. So just to review a little little background on this in case you're new to the new to the show or new to the party or new to paying attention period. <laughs> and these people for years and years and years in New York had chastised the Trump administration, governors of Texas, Arizona for not just welcoming these illegal immigrants in mm -hmm. and giving them immediate citizenship and making them a part of society. And so the, finally, the governors of Florida and Texas and Arizona said to various, to New York and other various liberal states, 
You have said you wanted to be sanctuary cities. Mm -hmm. Here are the illegal immigrants that you have claimed to want. And then immediately these, whether it was the mayor of Chicago or the mayor of New York or, you know, mayor of Washington, D.C., all suddenly said, well, what is this? We can't provide for these people. And so now a local television station in New York Mm -hmm. did a little tour Mm -hmm. of how these illegal immigrants are living. Mm -hmm. And it appears, Casey, they're living better than many of the actual citizens of New York. If you're a single adult man, you're going to come here to this facility starting tomorrow. When migrants first walk in after intake, they will see a recreational room set up with rows of couches, TVs, Xboxes, and board games. There will also be a phone bank so migrants can connect with family in order to find more permanent housing. We can do that in 24 hours, maybe even less. Many times, it's going to take longer than that. It could take days. Next, there is a cafeteria that will provide migrants with three meals a day, and snacks, coffee, and tea will be available 24-7. Those meals are all culturally appropriate. It is uh, South American fare. The menu rotates on a regular basis. Culturally appropriate meals, Uh snacks and Uh tea available 24-7, Xbox, Uh nice couches, telephone access, New York is treating the illegal immigrants better than their own homeless. I'm wondering if they get to play Halo or like Ninja Garden. <laughs> and is that coffee Starbucks coffee? Because, you know, we're losing that here on the circle. They've, they've got it there. They're treating the illegal immigrants better than their own people. So about 18,000 asylum seekers have arrived in the Big Apple since spring. But here's what they're not telling you, this wonderful tour of Biden's tent city. Families with children are being housed in hotels. Oh. And on, uh, what was it, on October 12th, the Biden administration announced that they were going to start deporting some Venezuelan migrants to Mexico under oh. Title 42, oh. which they reenacted. Okay, so here's the thing, and this is, and we'll find out real quick because if we have we have told you on this program, the problem with voting for Republicans in the House and Senate is that they're not serious people and they never do the stuff they promise. So right out of the gate, the Republicans, if they take the House and the Senate, will have the ability to do whatever they want. And this is why we told, said here in Indiana, the Republicans are fine with what Holcomb did in 2020 because they keep funding all of his priorities. They vote for the record budgets. There's no punishment. They don't take anything away from him. So they're totally fine with it. And they'll be fine if he does it again. Same thing here. The Republican Party should be willing if they take back the House and Senate to shut down the federal government if Biden does not get this under control. That should be their first action to tell the president of the United States. The voters have spoken. We ran on these things. For those of us who ran on something other than not being Democrats, you are going to get the southern border under control. You're going to open up the Keystone Pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have this list of demands or we right. are shutting it down. Yeah. They will not do that yeah. because they are not serious about it. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for listening this morning. It is 1123. And let's go back to Pennsylvania. And do you remember last week when that NBC reporter sat down with John Fetterman and then she reported her her experience? She just described what it was like sitting down Mm -hmm. with him. Well, now John Fetterman's wife, who Biden said will be a great lady in Uh the Senate, even though she's not running, her husband's running. Mm -hmm. uh, She has said that this reporter should face consequences. 
<laughs> and should be reprimanded. So let, let me make sure I understood what you said clearly. So the woman for NBC mm-hmm. interviews John Fetterman. And reports on what she found. Right. And they play the interview. Mm-hmm. And then she also said, prior to the cameras rolling. The small we, talk. We were trying to engage you. Had, we had asked you about this. You obviously spent many years in television. That is a normal thing. Mm-hmm. He could not do this without use of a teleprompter, which is pretty obvious from the interview as well. That unless somebody puts something on a screen, he can't string three words together. Mm-hmm. And now Fetterman's wife is saying she should, the reporter should face consequences for merely telling people it was hard to communicate with this person without a teleprompter. Yes, the reporter should face consequences for reporting. We've got, I think we've got audio of this. Take, take a listen. I don't like saying rage because I think that's a really unhealthy feeling. And when you feel those things, it only harms yourself. But I just, you know, what a disservice that she did to not only my husband, but to anyone facing a disability and working through it. And I don't know how there were not consequences, right? I mean, there are consequences for folks in these positions who are any of the isms. I mean, she was ableist and that's what she was in her interview. It was appalling to the entire disability community and I think to journalism. So I was shocked. I'm still really upset about it. And uh, I think the positive is it's it's brought a lot of conversations around accommodations, around rights, around ableism, right? I mean, ableism was trending on Twitter. It just shows there's so much work to do, but these networks have to take accountability, right? Like, where is your training? Right. <laughs> uh, it, it was appalling to see. And you see that in schools, you see that with young children, you don't expect to see it at this level. And, you know, I haven't heard an apology. It hasn't come. I am hopeful that, you know, they are, will reflect and see that they did an incredible disservice to all Americans. Okay, so Fetterman is running for the United States Senate. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you have a right to be a United States Senator. Yeah, it's one of what? The 100 most powerful people on earth? He is clearly not okay. He has made this an issue by saying I'm 100% fine. He's clearly lying to the public. If you cannot communicate and he even doesn't communicate well even when he it's on the prompter for him but if you cannot communicate without use of a prompter there's something wrong with you now does it mean you shouldn't be included in society no does it mean people shouldn't be kind to you no does it mean you can't contribute no but there is clearly something prohibiting you from communicating in a fashion which the vast majority of people do and when you want to be a united states senator Mm -hmm. casey Mm -hmm. this is not a job at a wendy's or a walmart nothing against you if you work at a wendy's or a walmart thank you god bless you but being a United States Senator, you get to dictate what every person at every Wendy's and every Walmart does. You, I have a right to know as a voter whether you communicate without a teleprompter. There are certain expectations at that level. And this reporter just went in and reported on her experience. And now his wife, who could possibly be the de facto senator yes. if he wins. According to Biden. Right. Who said that's what he said in his thing the other day. She's going to be a great lady in the Senate. Um, you know, she wants this woman to be fired or consequences and then takes all journalists to task about it. It's 1128. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up next, we're going to, we have to talk about Kevin Spacey. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Right. A uh, decision was made about uh, his future. And that's on the way from 93 WIBC. So 
a jury determined yesterday that Kevin Spacey did not molest an actor, Anthony Rapp, in 1986. They concluded this, that uh, Anthony Rapp was 14 when this happened. It was in the 80s. They were both on Broadway at the time. But the jury came out and said that they they rejected his claims to it well, actually happening. And this is what's interesting is now this is not the first time that Kevin Spacey has been accused of something and either, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but either the case has not made it to court, it mm-hmm. got dismissed, mm-hmm. or in this case, he was found but what not liable, I think was the, I mean, this was not a criminal charge, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a civil case. Right, it, he was seeking damages. Right, so- Okay, four hundred forty million. So the question the is, and this is a little different than Johnny Depp in the sense of Johnny Depp won mm-hmm. his case. Kevin Spacey has just been found not liable. And again, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe he has not been found liable of anything. He has not been convicted of anything. If Johnny Depp was accepted and celebrated back into the public sphere, mm-hmm. what it does not appear that Kevin Spacey is being handled the same way Johnny Depp is. And so my question is, and I get that they're not exactly the same, but why are these two guys being treated so differently? Mm -hmm. It's the length of his hair. No, I'm... (laughs) I'm just kidding about that. By the way, did you see Johnny Depp played in, was it Brown County the other day and apparently got terrible reviews? Oh, really? He played with, uh, with, uh, with Jeff Beck. They were here? Yeah, in Brown, in Brown County at the at the auto. Maybe he was back home in Kentucky. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I mean it was it had and been he, advertised for, for quite a while hmm. and it apparently got terrible reviews. But um not Be- Jeff Beck, but Johnny Depp's Johnny portion Depp of was- it. Um I don't think anybody cared who was there, but whatever. Anyway. They just wanted to see Johnny. But Depp. it is interesting in which Johnny Depp wins, mm-hmm. you know, his case. Yeah terrible things are revealed about him in the process of him winning the case. He won, but he's still an awful person. And he walks out this Mm -hmm. superstar. Now, I don't think the roles have been, at least not publicly announced, any sort of major motion picture company is clamoring to give Johnny Depp $20 million to do a film anymore. Mm -hmm. But society seems to have not only accepted, but embraced Johnny Depp, and women are throwing their underwear at him. Mm -hmm. And yet Kevin Spacey it's still like, oh, what a weirdo. And it doesn't mean he's not a weirdo. It just means he keeps either getting things dismissed mm-hmm. or being found not liable or winning or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And yet we are treating these two people totally different. I think there's a different ick factor in both of the stories because Johnny Depp is seemed more of the victim, right, with Amber Heard. And that was more of a traditional relationship whereas what is being accused of Kevin Spacey is not and he's more of a controversial figure albeit very talented I mean this guy's had roles in the theater and television and film he's won many awards Countless awards, okay. a lot of praise. People think he's a great actor, one of the greatest actors of a generation, even. Okay, and I see people in the YouTube chat. Hello to everyone in the YouTube chat, by the way. We've kind of not mentioned you today. Hello to everybody listening on the radio, by the way, too, or on the WIBC app or wherever you're hearing us. Somebody, these people are saying, well, he was accused of messing with a 14-year-old. It's not mm-hmm. even close to Johnny Depp, Some one person said. Okay, I agree that on the face, the allegations mm-hmm. are not the same, but he was found not I, liable. Right. He has not been convicted of anything. And my point is, if we're just going to say everybody once they're accused is thrown out of society or we don't want to touch them with a 10 foot pole, then okay. But we're not doing that with Johnny Depp. And 
at the very least, even though Johnny Depp wins part of his lawsuit against Amber Heard, the stuff that came out about him is not flattering in any shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not a guy you'd be booking for your favorite family Wednesday night sitcom, (laughs) and yet the guy is celebrated by so many people, and Kevin Spacey is not. And so I'm asking if he is found not liable, and Johnny Depp on the other side, wins his case, mm-hmm. wins, air quote, but all the things come out about him. What? what it, Why the different set of what rules? What is the standard here? Yeah, I like I, I think it's just a different ick factor. You know, Kevin Spacey's worth $30 million. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need to work. But I also feel like if the right role comes along with maybe a production house or a producer that really wants to go out on a limb and take a gamble, he could come back and have a second career. Johnny Depp. Or Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. But what role is Kevin Spacey going to have? I mean, he was fired from House of Cards playing Frank Underwood, who was already a creepy dude. And then remember- The character he was playing was weird. Well, remember what he did, and man, this has been several years ago, so the timeline here is a little off, but remember he made that video in response on his own, like almost as Frank Underwood, the Frank Mm -hmm. Underwood character, where he was basically embracing- the heat that he was getting and I'm trying to just keep this as broad as possible but it was like uber weird for someone who had been accused of that that is not how you would expect them to respond to that even if they were not guilty or not liable of the things they were being accused of you would not anticipate that that would be the the response, the response. Of the, or the, the way you would get a you know a denial or whatever well and you even said it yourself Johnny Depp has women throwing their underwear on stage to him does Kevin Spacey have that? No, because so if you're in Hollywood and you're a producer and you're going to, you know, you want to make your money back. Right. So they're at least banking on Johnny Depp's good looks will be a draw. And, and uh, I'm Does sure Kevin th- Spacey have that? I'm, I'm sure there are people out here right now that are like mad at us for covering this topic. But it is a, vi- a viable question, which is these two people mm-hmm. were both accused of terrible things. One person in the trial, terrible things came out about them and they won their suit. Mm -hmm. Another person, I guess you would say wins in the sense of they were found not liable and they've never been convicted and they've Mm -hmm. never been, you know, thrown in jail. So both guys are a lot more alike than you think, even if it's different things they were accused of. Some guys can get away with things yep. that some yep. guys can't. Yeah, no, like I said, you can be mad at us for covering this all you want and asking this question, but it's a totally viable and real question because you just gave the answer to it. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about President Biden. He brushed off questions about his lack of campaign trail appearances ahead of the midterms, and he snapped back at a reporter about it. So how how many campaign appearances has he been on? Oh, he's going to tell us here in just a second. Let's take a listen. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why are That's more? That's not ca- true. There's been 15. Count. Gate count. Okay. And uh, are there going to be even more? Yeah. Yeah. And he like got up in her grill when he said this. And I couldn't tell because uh, I think CNN is where that audio came from. Mm-hmm. They had the little cry on down at the bottom. It almost looked like he grabbed mm-hmm. the reporter. I don't know if he did for sure, but it almost looked like he was grabbing the reporter while he was saying it. And he does this quite a bit. So I was trying to think of the campaign stops that 
Biden has done. Now, I know he went to Oregon because mm-hmm. he went to, which is a super liberal enclave because the governor candidate there is in, or the current governor is in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, and then, but most of the places he's gone. He was in California. Isn't that where he was eating the ice cream in California? Yeah, the, the, there was a West Coast swing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like super liberal places. But can you think other than Fetterman, and again, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this, have any of these kind of middle of the road candidates like Nevada or Arizona or Georgia or uh, Florida. Yeah, I was going to say he went to Florida, and what I mean, what a waste of time that is. Did he go to Florida? I, was he there? I well, believe, maybe, it, but that was for the he, hurricane. No, it was supposed to be after the hurricane because he went down there and he played nice with Ron DeSantis. But did he appear with Val Demings, who is the U.S. Senate candidate, or maybe he did something with Chris? No, he was supposed to do it for Chris. Okay. Yeah. Well, Chris has run as a far left loony. I don't know if Val Demings was involved in that or not. But the point is. You have the president of the United States, and this happened to Bush, too. And look at what happened to the Republicans in 06 and 08. They got their clocks clean. Nobody wanted to be seen with Bush. And when you do not want the president of the United States to come campaign for you because of the monetary opportunity that creates, that tells you what an absolute poison the president in power is and his policies are. Yeah, well, you become the energy that you surround yourself with. And these people that are running they don't want a loser nearby because they don't want to become the loser now i will say this you can say what you want about trump but so many of these candidates not only in the primary but he's still doing these rallies and by and large they have not just totally you know shunned trump have still appeared at Trump rallies. They still have appeared on stage with Trump. I think he did the one in Nevada Laxalt the uh, Republican running for US Senate there appeared with him So it is not the same. Republicans do not feel the same about Trump, by and large, as Democrats do about Biden. Biden. Yeah, no kidding. I can promise you, if Trump said tomorrow, I'm having a rally in Indiana for Todd Young, now he's not. And you notice he didn't endorse Young. He's not saying anything good about Young. If you are a conservative on the fence about Todd Young, look at how Donald Trump has totally distanced himself from Todd Young Mm -hmm. because he knows who Todd Young is and he knows what his voting record is. But I promise you, if Trump had a rally in Indiana tomorrow and said, Todd Young, would you like to come? That dude would be like Fred Flintstone in the automobile with his feet moving that fast. (laughs) He couldn't get there fast enough. So Mm -hmm. the Democrats are treating Biden, for the most part, markedly different than Trump is is treating, or than Republicans are treating Donald Trump. Uh, Trump's not going to come to Indiana unless Mike Pence is out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's not going to do it. And before we get into break, let's talk about this last poll. This is from CNBC, All America Economic. This is a survey they did, and the GOP has a double-digit lead over Democrats on key economic issues like inflation, and that is according to this new poll. Yeah, and this is big because there are people who will vote on abortion. I have no doubt about that. I am not living in a cave where this is nobody's top issue. But the overwhelming majority of people who abortion is their top issue Mm -hmm. were already going to vote Democrat anyway. There are very few swing people. Right. And the polling after polling after polling shows this. And this is where we talk about polling be snapshot of a moment in time. You put a bunch of snapshots together, you get a flip book. Poll after poll after poll shows that the gettable votes are economy-based for the most part voters crime and economy and on crime and economy overwhelmingly those people 
are voting Republican or give Republicans a sizable advantage in this poll says the exact same thing. Yeah, so 42% of the respondents believe that Republicans are better to handle issues of inflation, whereas the Democrats only got 27%. Uh, issues on taxes, 40% said Republicans can handle it better than the 29% that the Democrats got. And also about creating jobs. They felt that the Republicans can do a better job than the Democrats, 43 to 33. So the Dems have had the House, the Senate, and the White House for two years. Rob, if I failed at my job for two years, I'd be out. Yeah, you'd you'd be out and and everywhere else. And so, like I said, the Republicans are going... and, And the reason we get credibility when we say this is no one's going to accuse us of being Republican homers. I'm not at all excited about Republicans winning. I'm mildly intrigued about Rand Paul being able to get a hold of Fauci. Oh, I'm excited about Biden getting out of office. Well, but that's but, still a few years but, away. Right. But I'm saying we're not sitting here telling you this. And the reason there's merit to when we say it is we have no vested interest. We're not Republican homers. We're not cheerleaders for these people. We know what they are. We're just telling you the reality, which is polling data definitively shows that economy is the top issue and on the top issue which is the gettable people republicans have an overwhelming advantage which is why they're going to win huge margins in the house and they're probably going to end up with a 52 48 margin in the senate he's rob kendall my name is casey daniels and this is 93 wibc No, no, it's too early. It's too early. You're not going to do a Christmas segment, are you? Yeah, we are. I mean, this makes it kind of okay. This music is fine, Uh but it's just... So... Wait, wait. wait. (laughs) I'm kind of warming under this now. You know I don't decorate for Halloween. Maybe fall, but not Halloween. So here's the question. When is it too early to decorate for Christmas? When when do you decorate for Christmas? Well, here's my rule in my house. By the way, I I told you the first time I ever saw Bruce Springsteen in concert, December 17th, 2002, mm-hmm. at, uh, I believe at the time it was Conseco Fieldhouse, mm-hmm. uh, and the my world was opened up and forever changed that day. He did a version of this song, mm-hmm. and everybody down in the pit had Santa Claus hats on, and they threw them on stage during the performance of Santa Claus's Coming Did he pick down. one up and put it on? He did, which oh, is uh, part of the course. And did that person win backstage passes? Uh, everybody I don't write think their name any, on the inside I, of the there hat? There was like 500 of them up there yeah. at that point. I don't think he had any idea who it was. Um, here is the rule in my house. Yeah. Because the people who decorate for every single holiday annoy the heck out of me. <laughs> and so I have told the wife, you may decorate for one holiday. Choose it wisely. Pick whatever one you want. Mm-hmm. I assume you'll use Christmas. But if you blow it on Thanksgiving or Halloween or Easter or whatever, because that is not what the season is actually about in the case of Easter or or Thanksgiving or Christmas you've you're you're done so pick one so i think she's saving it for for Christmas when will she begin will she wait until after Thanksgiving or will she start many? I mean, a lot of the stores already have their Christmas stuff out. This is what I will say about Hobby my, Lobby has already got Christmas out. Well, this is what I will say about my wife. And this is because she, before she met me, was a super liberal person. Mm-hmm. And then I told her that if you want some of this, that ain't going to work. And she changed like that. Uh, I thought she, I thought she married you for your money. <laughs> 
as someone who was once a lunatic liberal and now is a staunch, amazing, conservative, liberty-minded person, mm-hmm. uh, she is a great practical thinker and a great viewer of the world around her and seeing things that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And she loathes the fact that it is not even a Halloween and there are already Christmas things out at the store. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine we will do as every good and decent person should do, wait until after Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. before you put your Christmas stuff up. Now, I did let her buy three pumpkin-ish looking things and sit them on the front porch. I don't count that as decorating because there's no lights. There's no inflatable dolls. I wanted nothing that would distract from my uh, Jeff Moore for Secretary of State and James Siniak <laughs> for U.S. Signs. Senate signs. Yeah. Well, you could uh, always uh, carve that into a pumpkin. Uh, what, the yard signs? Yeah. Well, like the just Jeff. Just, oh, you could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that would require a lot of talent. She found three of them. at <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was at Walmart and we put them out and that was fine. Uh, no, if you are a person who decorates for Christmas before, like I went over to Micah's house a couple weeks ago. Don't tell me Micah has Christmas up already. They like leave a Christmas tree up, I think year round. A lot of people do that though, especially if they've had someone pass away uh, specifically for soldiers yeah. or if they've been deployed and missed uh, Christmas, they're just waiting for them to and return. And I'm fine with that. If, there's, there, if but that's there, the reason, I'm on board. But there is no sentimental meaning for you to have the inflatable Santa and a Clark <laughs> Griswold-esque <laughs> lit house before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I am. I love lights. I love going and looking at them. There mm-hmm. is a great house in Brownsburg that syncs them up to music, and it's phenomenal. I am fine with all that. But one holiday at a time, and you only get to be decorator guy for one holiday. <laughs> if you want to put a gigantic Easter bunny and totally miss the meaning of Easter out, then I guess that's on you. One holiday. Pick it and stay with it. Okay, so I'm with you. I recommend kind of slowing down, decorate accordingly for each holiday, enjoy each one separately. There's also safety reasons why you don't want to decorate yeah. too early with the trees and the garland. You don't want that to dry out. Um, but this year, and here it comes, you oh, heard it last uh-oh. year. Yeah, there's going to be another Christmas tree shortage. They're expecting that this year. And they attribute that to a dry summer, low supply, along with inflation. Going to be driving up prices. The estimated cost of a Christmas tree this year will be 10% higher than last year. I wonder what percentage of people even have real Christmas trees anymore. That would be fascinating to know because, I look, I know there's some greater joy to it. But it is so much work. You feel it would be more fiscally responsible to reuse the artificial tree. It is so much work. You put the tree up, (laughs) it's done. (laughs) Just open it like an umbrella. And Jesus is the reason for the season anyway, Casey. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And thank you for listening all week long. We're going to count on you to come back here Monday. Have a great weekend. It's 93 WIBC.